0: We want to be our best, feel our best, and live our best. But achieving our best isn't as cut and dry as do fitness, eat good, get results, happy. Happy, happy. To find joy, good health, balance, and contentment, we need to show valour. This is valour. Valour is courage. Courage to face challenges, to endure, to struggle, to be exposed to all of your vulnerabilities, and to face it all without any certainty of the outcome. The Valor Podcast, we share the methods, strategies, and ideas that can help us all achieve our very best. This is Valor. Welcome back to the Valor Podcast. Today we've got Darren Michelle, born and bred Kiwi. Pretty cheeky guy, uh, doesn't mind a bit of sport banter, especially when it's at the expense of the Aussies. Uh, <laughs> anyone that knows him knows he doesn't mind a bit of a bit of a laugh, a bit of banter at the gym as well. He's uh, a great guy. Um, behind all the banter, though, is a, a really really good person. Our story today, we talk about well, the the rat race, I guess. Living in a in a busy busy life, yeah, a lot of people in those types of careers. A lot of travel to and from work, a lot of time at the office, maybe not as much time with the family as you'd probably like um, and a lot of people get caught up in this and find it very hard to, to change or make a change, um, whether it's a fear of not being able to you know, earn the right living that they want or, or whatever. But Darren's someone that did do that, uh, turned away from a pretty high paid job and changed his whole family's life around for the better. And we talk about that, about the fears of doing that and what it's like to take the plunge and what he's doing now. And it's a good, really inspiring uh, journey, really inspiring story. I think it resonate with a lot of people, a lot of people that might have done the same or a lot of people that maybe do feel like they're a bit stuck in a career that they, they just hate. And um, this might give you that little little nudge or that little bit of inspiration to, to realize that you, know, you, can, you can do whatever you want to do. But here we go. Darren Michelle, cracking chat. Enjoy that's cool. This is Valor. Darren, how are you? Good, good. Yeah. you good, mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, we chatted about getting you one a few weeks ago and it's kind of been hard, like, organising these amongst lockdowns. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Although, I shouldn't have. You and me are both at yeah. home. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm pro. <laughs> I was like, when are you free? All the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm pretty keen to chat about this topic that you've got for us today. Um, I think it's very relevant to a lot of people. Um, I've been to some talks and stuff that talks about this stuff as well and it hits home with everybody that gets caught living a very busy, busy life. Um, And I especially think like during this COVID and all that as well, people getting stopped or maybe not having to travel as much anymore and that has had them sort of thinking about how they want to do work and life um, and all that. So keen to chat about it. But first I want to talk about some CrossFit stuff with you first because this is not your first gym. So I want to hear about about your story about how you got into it um, and all that. So yeah, tell me, how did this happen?
1: Um, I suppose for CrossFit, I've never really got into the gym at all. I used to think that I should do it and then I'd go and do it and I just didn't enjoy it. There was no, I'm a pretty competitive person and there was none of that. Um, And I think I saw, this is... Way back in CrossFit Founding Gate, CrossFit Narry Warren days, Um, there was like a sign posted on a power pole or something like that, and um, it sort of sparked my interest. And I went home and I Googled it, and somebody was rope climbing. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Um, So I went and did a session, and it was like a one of those um, introductory ones. And there's me, and there's a couple others, and I was. Absolutely spent at the end of it, um, and I got smoked by um, some woman that was ten years older than me, and I was like, <laughs> and that sort of got the competitive juices flowing. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I just never looked back. And so, um, you
0: were sporty before this, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what what sports did you play?
1: I grew up playing rugby. Yeah. Um. So all through school, high school, it was rugby in the winter, cricket in the summer. Yeah. Um. And then, once I sort of entered into working life um I guess work sort of took over a little bit of that, so it was more sort of social thing, so I played a lot of indoor netball yeah. um at varying levels um so just there's always a sport that yeah. I was playing, so you're you a team play, sport guy yeah, i yeah,
0: when did you move to Australia? How were you
1: two thousand and one? Oh yeah, so we've been here a while now yeah, yeah. um yeah, so I think. And that was the first thing I did, pretty much one of the first things I did when I came over to Australia was find a sports, find an indoor sports centre and go and sign up. Because it's the easiest way to meet people and new country and, and all the rest it's like makes things a lot easier if you make a few friends and things yeah.
0: like that. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got into CrossFit because of that Yeah, sporty side of stuff. And you were... Which when was that? It was probably around two thousand twelve, thirteen It show. Hey?
1: It was yeah, way back at the early early stages. So days. yeah, I've gone through I've got a lot of different singlets from a lot of different places <laughs> um, that I've that I've been to. Yeah. Um so yeah, it went from CrossFit Narrow Warren to Crossfit Founding Gate to um then it was another one and then Hellham and then here. So just varying reasons for moving on. Sometimes it was the gym didn't succeed, sometimes we moved. It was
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you didn't always live down where you are now? No. Yeah.
1: No, no. We've been where we are now for two and a half years. Yeah.
0: So. Nice sleepy little blind we buy. Love it. A lot of people don't even know that blind buy even exists. We didn't
1: know it existed until <laughs> we went and looked at our house. Um, we didn't know where it was. We sort of had a radius of where we were looking, and we went in there, and then within two hours we'd bought it and never looked back. It was just had everything.
0: Yeah. Is this all got to do with what we're going to chat about as well? Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 a little bit in a way. Okay. Um, before we go to that, tell us, um, yeah, what it is about here that you you love about it. Um,
1: what I really liked about here, um, it's just to pump me out,
0: so I feel ready for, <laughs> for the rest of the day. <laughs>
1: um, I think initially um, it was uh, it, there's always the people, so um, it was pretty welcoming when you came here um, for the first time as well, um, and it was really structured. As I think what tends to happen, because I've been to a lot of different gyms, if you go to one for long enough, um, you kind of get sort of left to your own devices a little bit, and then you sort of switch off a little bit as well. Mm. And when I first came here, it was, you know, the new guy, so there was no none of that. I, was, I remember. I remember Shannon yelling at me, like, <laughs> and, it was, and it was good because it was um, it was just like a fresh start. Um, I, when I came here, I had a couple of injuries and I was sort of losing it a little bit, um, and that sort of reinvigorated invigorated me um, to, to get back into it. And then from there, you know, you meet people and you, your friends, and you know, you get your class the same same people every day. So,
0: yeah, I I totally get that with that it's like a complacency thing like the cuz you've been there for a while and you know how it works and and I guess even as a coach like you can be like they know what they're doing most of the time yeah and there's that do I want to bother them with trying to add more to what they're doing or change what they're doing or do I want to leave them alone and then often I think coaches do they just leave you alone and then at some point you're like fuck I've not been coaching them properly for a yeah. while like they're just doing their own thing every day they need someone to just go up and say you know, even just to acknowledge, like that looks good, or that form's yeah. great. I think a lot of time it's coaches forget that they don't always have to correct. They can just go, "That lift looked awesome. Just yeah. keep doing that." And sometimes that's all the athlete needs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a common thing. I don't know if any actual coaches or other gyms listen to this, but if they do, that's something. A hot tip is someone who's been in the in CrossFit for a while, or just that same gym for a while. It's very important to acknowledge everybody we kind of have a system that we make sure that we do that like we get around to everyone and we check in on that every week Us coaches as a one of our sort of coaching systems uh, but because without that you could be like fuck when was the last time i like
1: yeah or checked? even I was gonna say even sort of subconsciously without like really thinking about it um, you just uh, you end up sort of motivating yourself mm. more and I think what's good about it, CrossFit as a whole was uh, the motivation, the people around you, and you know that's what sort of gets you coming back. Mm. And when you lose that and it's just you, or you know, that's where you sort of start to drift off, and you might, you know, turn five sessions a week into four and three and two and sort of go from there.
0: Yeah, it fades a bit, but at the moment, <laughs> it's like it's, I feel like when we do get out of these lockdowns and go back to the gym everyone gets like reinvigorated again. Yeah, They've they've gone, oh, this is why I love it. So you get, if you do get to that complacency, people get that at times. And then it gets taken away from you. You forgot how important it was. Yeah, And then when you come back, you're like, oh, fuck, this is the greatest. We're not having like, you know, 6am bursts at the seams and that. And it's good fun. (laughs) But hopefully, hopefully that changes soon. Um, All right, let's get into this topic. Um, So yeah, you told me about this recently about um i'll let you kind of tell most of the story but it's it's really cool it's really interesting it's all got to do with working in the rat race and and changing that to you know because i guess a lot of people do live in a busy you know they travel to work they work eight nine hours they travel back and they go to bed and they do it all again and um don't often question why we're doing that. Um so yeah, start me wherever you want to start and start talking and I'll just question you along the way. Cool. All right. Well, um I guess yeah,
1: that's that's pretty much my story. So, um for me what I do now is I do what I love. Um and w- where it all sort of started was I was in the corporate world for for quite some time. Um and I guess I sort of started at the bottom and progressively worked my way up, but it got to a point where we had our first son, Carter, and um, we lived out in Berwick and was working in the city, and I would uh, get up, go to work, you had to go really early to beat all the traffic, so I was leaving at sort of 6, 6.30 in the morning, and then I'd come back, and by the time you get back in the traffic, it's sort of 7 o'clock at night, and um uh and then you're sort of working all day so there's no sort of um chance to break that day up either and I felt like I was just missing out on a lot um and it just got to the point where it's just like well, what would I rather be doing like obviously money in the corporate world's pretty good um so I was on good money um for for my age um but yeah it was just more about reevaluating and I'd be sitting in the office and I'd look out a window And it'll be a day like today which is a really nice day and it'd just be like i'd rather be outside but i just didn't know what i wanted to do um i know what i liked (laughs) like anyone that knows me knows that i love sport um and being social and things like that and it wasn't until we were on holiday in new zealand and my nephew was um he was supposed to go to this class the sports class after school which he absolutely loved, and it got cancelled for whatever reason. And they were... The place that he was going to um, was giving them these tickets to this game because they felt really bad about it being cancelled. And I was talking to my sister about it. I go, oh, Well, wow, that sounds really cool. got back and Googled it, and it was actually... There was an Australian company. I was like, oh, I'll just send it off, see what it, see what this is all about. Because there was a thing about franchises. Um, and, you know, probably within an hour they came back to me and then from there it just sort of took off and um yeah so I started off as a as a franchise in Kelly Sports which basically teaching at that time was running after school programs sports multi-sports to kids and that was it um and yeah that just it was like a light bulb moment moment really Mm. Um, there's a bit of an induction and and things and then it was just a case of how do I do it like this is what I'm doing now this is what I want to do how do I make that transition Um, and I think for me where I was lucky was having Sam and the, the support there where We have a lot of the same sort of philosophies on life um, where, you know, happiness doesn't come around money um, and um, she was really supportive and like how can we make it work and and things like that Um, and I guess also the added advantage of working in the bank knowing and seeing a lot of what works for businesses and where they succeed and when they fall and having that sort of background um, sort of helped. And, yeah, we sort of took a chance and haven't looked back.
0: Yeah. I think um, you made it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, like, I've never had to work in an office in the city or anything like that before. The closest I've to done to, like, a very monotonous kind of job is um, cabinetry. But at least I was still, you know, using my hands and moving or going from house to house and installing and stuff. So it got repetitive at times but a lot of the time it was also great so i've never yep. experienced sitting on the monash and then going into an office yeah and then sitting on the monash and then having dinner and then just doing it on repeat and not having much time for like a sport or a gym not having much time for your kids apart from reading them a story and then i imagine on weekends you probably had to do fucking housework and garden work one of those days <laughs> and then you'd have one day to just yep. play or recover, and then you just go and do it again. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken to people that have that, that do that, and, and they often do, even in trades as well, when they're flat out, that one day on the weekend is ends up just being recovery day. Yeah. And they don't even want to play. They would love to do more stuff with their kids or whatever, but they're just so exhausted that they just want to sit down. And then it just sort of, like we call it, like that rat race, it's just that spiral of just the same thing fucking scares the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't do it but i i want to know like that process of getting out of it because i could imagine it would be scary because once you get into that rat race and you earn a good wage like often when you earn well you know you do a pretty good job spending that so you have a nicer house so you've got a bigger mortgage you have good cars you got to pay for those things and then so the thought of going i'm gonna stop my like well-paid bank job and just start doing after school sport I feel like some people would buttholes would pucker up a bit (laughs) (laughs) that's scary shit so I want to know like you obviously just jumped into it and went for it and it was good having that kind of banking knowledge to understand how it works but like was that a bit scary yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was
1: um I think what helped um was the initial outlay wasn't huge So there was, and the way I've sort of tried to look at everything along the way is what's the worst that can happen. So if you look at the absolute worst case scenario, and the worst case scenario at the time was, okay, I leave the bank, um, I try this, it turns to crap, nothing works, then I have to come back and find another job. Um, I did get a little bit lucky where um, the bank granted me like 12 months not long service leave but a career break Mm -hmm. so I sort of had that in my back pocket so I felt I'd never go back because I wasn't enjoying it at all it's a pretty stressful environment anyway Um, but at least I knew that as an absolute worst case that I had that Mm. Um, I think the other thing that sort of really helped was just going all in um, with that the franchise thing and the the way they sold it to me was oh you know you could do it part-time for a and then see how it goes and then ramp it up from there and I was like knowing my own personality if I did something sort of half-assed it would never work Um, so it was the whole going all in and going in with the expectation that in the first year we weren't going to have any money Um, that sort of helped as well so I think And I see it and I see a lot of businesses fail in that because people think they're going to go and do what they love and it's just going to be easy and they're going to make money straight from the word go and and things like that. There's that big learning. It's like an apprenticeship, Mm -hmm. really. That's the the first sort of year is there's a lot of learning that you need to do. Um, So initially, you know, I was doing the after school stuff, but I was picking up all sorts of odd jobs. I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning and wrapping newspapers because my brother owned a news agency at the time. And. I was um, coaching, uh, not coaching. I was uh, refereeing indoor soccer, which I absolutely hated. <laughs> um, you, you get a couple of teams of different ethnicities, ethnicities um, and of two countries that just hate each other, and then they're <laughs> playing each other, and then they're looking at you and making these calls. And I don't, you know, it was just there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that I didn't enjoy, but you just got to keep the the bigger picture in mind because what I was doing at the time I was really enjoying. Um, So I think going in with the expectation or the plan that the first year was really going to be tough and matching up with that. And by the end of the first year, I finished ahead of where I was planning to be anyway. Um, But I think everything and where I sort of started was, if you go in with that worst case scenario, more often than not, it's never going to be that. Yeah. Um, and as long as you're prepared to deal with that worst case scenario, um, anything on top of that's good. Yeah.
0: What was the, um? what probably was your your biggest fear? Um,
1: good question. Um, Probably the biggest fear was that I was going to throw, because you did have the, you know, the nice car and, all that and working in the city that's all everyone cared about was you know where do you live what car do you drive and the people that I was dealing with at the bank were at the high end of like I was a a business banker so I was dealing with people with a lot of money as well so that's all you see um so I guess the big fear is that you you lose all that um and what you were hoping to do doesn't work where are you then um but again, it's sort of you sort of offset that with if I have to start again, I have to start again. I think at the time I was thirty, which is looking back now quite young. Um, so start again at thirty isn't the end of the world. And again, having Sam support me the whole way as well, she was still working in the bank, so we still had money mm-hmm. um, on that side of things. Um, it sort of made a little more comfortable as well
0: yeah um yeah i think that would be the i feel like that's the biggest fear for that to go from that money and live in that world and atmosphere where it is about cars and houses and stuff like that and you're right it's because it's what you see. yeah and when you're not around it then it's not that important um but yeah i remember when we going to a, a resilience project talk and he talked once about like that that mindset of you know, trying to find happiness and and going like once I get you know the car I'll be happy, once I get the holiday home in Sorrento then I'll be happy, once we get the pool then once we get the boat, and then it's, but it, it's never ending. Yeah. It's always getting to that point. Is that sort of what it's like? Yeah, hundred yeah.
1: percent. And like you sort of mentioned before, like with with the money and what you spend it on is like going from the money that we had to not having that sort of money. I don't think at any time we've really felt like we were missing out on anything and that's part of the realisation that we sort of came across. Um, The more money you have, the more you spend anyway. It's not like we're saving a lot of money, we were just spending it. Yeah. Um, Whether it's, you know, takeaways or things that you realise, it's like when you, (laughs) it's like when you um, don't have a dishwasher and you just wash your dishes and and that's fine and then you, you know, (laughs) and then it's like, you get your dishwasher, it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I guess it's um, the the realisations that you come to along the way.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is it's just buying those things and those things, like, they're great for a bit. Like, yeah. the car's amazing, but then after a while it's just the car. Yeah. And then the house is amazing, but it's just the house. Like, the car's great, but if you're miserable as fuck, then what good is the car? Yeah. And if the house, the house is amazing, but if you're never home to use it, then, like... What's the point of using it? Yeah. That's the way I see it. Um, so did you – you didn't really hesitate at all, did you? You guys just went for it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we obviously
1: talked about it and discussed it and things like that. And, again, what made it sort of easier – and there's plenty of people on the same boat. At the time, I was I was hating the bank, and there mm-hmm. was – you know, it was – like I say, it's a stressful environment and it's never ending and you might have a you know what well you did you, you sort of have targets that you meet and every time you get a target then they'll put another percentage on top of that target so it's just a, an endless yep. cycle Um, so I think I'd made the decision that I didn't want to do it anymore anyway and the fact that this came up was it's I guess yeah. yeah so and like I say, it was a bit of a light bulb moment as well like, this is what I should be doing. Um, and, you know, I got to 30 without knowing really what I wanted to do with, and it's just everything sort of worked its way to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always just the next job, or in the bank, there's always another step you can take. Um, and it was at that time, it's just taking the next step, taking the next step. And yeah, even now when we drive in, I remember driving in the city, I don't know, a month or so ago probably even longer and we were sitting at the lights and all the people that were just crossing the road and there was not one
0: person smiling and it's you
1: see things like that it's just like you know yeah
0: yeah I don't I never go through the city I guess during the week I do remember once travelling to London and I was there midweek and going through the tube it was like the most miserable scene I've (laughs) ever seen in my life they're just grumpy they're angry I didn't know there's like a unspoken like I don't know if you've ever been to London, but, but like the the tube goes low, like right underground. So there's massive escalators to get up, but you have to stand on one side. And if you're not on that side, you're walking up the escalator. Yeah. And I had no idea. I was just standing on the wrong side. And people oh. just fucking abuse you. It's just, there's not a, like, you know, excuse me, mate, or but it's just get out of the way. They just <laughs> rip into you. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, these people are miserable. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing. They get the tube, they go to work. After work, they often go. There's these like, they look kind of cool. They've got these pubs and they've kind of got like, you can stand outside and there's kind of these cushions where you can just like lean against the wall, but you've got a bit of cushioning instead of leaning against like a brick wall. And they have a beer and then they just get on the tube and then just go back yeah, and, yeah. and that's all it is. Yeah. It's, and I was like, man, I didn't, yeah. London didn't really, I didn't, didn't grab me. I think because we were there. I don't think we were there on a the weekend either. Yeah. So it was just like work and it was horrible. Um, Oh, what I was going to ask. Um, oh, yeah, I want to know, like, what if if people get caught up in this world of wanting the promotion and wanting the job and wanting the car and all that and that's what they think is going to be happy and then they're, they'll they get the money and then they can do all the things that they want to do with their family once they've got all of that. What's your view of happiness and success that kind of made you and Sam change what you're doing? Um I think like our our
1: view is it's like just live every day. It's it's cliche and it's you know all, all those sort of things. But like we've had people like I've got older siblings um, and they've all gone through it with their own kids and you know with our kids at the ages that they are now. Um, everyone said to us that have gone through it's such a short t- time frame that you get that and it's over in the blink of an eye and you see it now with like people here and they have their babies or they've got three, four, five-year-olds and it's you remember back to that time and it does, it just goes so fast. So, like, why not spend that time now but have that fun now? Like, I'm coaching, you know, two basketball teams and, you know, we're Sands managing them and we're, like, heavily involved in all that sort of stuff. It's just all about, you know, the kids and, you know, we come home and we, like, go for walks or living where we live it's like the land that time forgot you know the kids play on the street and all all those sort of things that you sort of grew up with and might have taken for granted at the time but you know you want to give to the kids as well yeah Um, so seeing that and having that sort of fun and that's the ultimate happiness for us like we don't feel like we need to go on holidays all the time or anything like that but you know, still have those options for those life experiences that if we want to take a holiday, it's on us, you know. It's, I don't have to ask permission for anyone or, you know, the independence that comes with it and the, that's, you know, the happiness that comes with that.
0: Yeah, it's that freedom. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and you're right, I don't, I don't know what, no, When when, what is that point where you're like, all right, we've got, enough money and all that, that we can do this stuff. Like it's, it's retirement. It's like, it's, like it's yeah. <laughs> And then you're retired. Kids are growing up. They've got their own kids and they've possibly watched you do that, That they'll probably just jump in and do the same thing as well. Yeah. Like not saying there's anything wrong with that, that lifestyle. If that's the lifestyle that you love, some people are just work driven and they just love it. But yeah, if you value spending time with your kids and hanging out and getting involved in sport, especially when you're so sporty, like to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. But I think the fear and that sort of, I don't know, maybe just the way our world works, especially Western world works, is that sort of what you're drilled to do. Like we need to keep growing, keep things going, keep doing the work, work for this person and build all this and you can't maybe forget what it was all about. I
1: think as well um, when we were talking about leaving before and what was hard is probably one of the hardest things about leaving the corporate world is like the people you work with so you work with the same people and everyone has their their group of work friends and and things like that and you know you're saying goodbye to them um and also if you're good at your job whether you like it or not you think that you know you might be leaving this company in the lurch or you don't want to let anyone down and that's a big that was a big part of the decision was like geez I don't know what if I leave this person in the lurch, or the person that comes in and takes over my role, what if they're not ready for my customers? All those sort of things. And you sort of worry about the impact that it has on other people. And then you leave and you realize you're just a number. Like you get replaced pretty quickly and forgotten about pretty quickly. Um, not so much from the people you work with, but the people you work for. Um, and again that was a that was a huge realization it's like you leave and you're expecting your phone to go nonstop stop for a month because you're not there but people move on and mm. it's just the way of the world but the loyalty that you have for particularly a, a big company isn't reciprocated it's uh it's more of a one-way street it's yeah. like you leave see you later yeah um
0: you're not important, just your role that someone else can feel is important.
1: Exactly, and while you're there, you don't really realise that. Um, yeah, it's not until you leave that it's, that's, that's part of it as well. It's like, I was doing all this for somebody else when I could have been doing it for me.
0: Yeah, I did have that once um, when I worked at, this is a different gym, it was just like your typical gym, like it's probably a 24-hour style now, but the way they operated was very like corporate and very structured and all that and it was one of the first gyms where I really built up like I built up my PT like I started with floor hours and there they did a they put a lot of effort into like their sales and selling PTs and stuff like that like you could buy them as a part of your package when you join the gym and all that and so my I just got a list of people and just called and called and called and built up my PTs. so I turned all my floor hours into PTs um, and now the way they did it rather than because some gyms like you pay a rent and you do PT this was like they would just give you a commission off your PTs which I like better because being a 19, 20 year old I didn't really want to pay rent on my job um, and so I ended up yeah and then I extended more so I made them a lot of money doing PTs um, and then when I left they were halfway through a meeting and they kind of stopped and went see ya <laughs> and that was it Yeah, I was like Ah. Oh. I I didn't Yeah, I thought it was going to be not, not I didn't need someone to tell me that you're great, but I thought there would have been like, oh, you know, you'll be missed. Yeah, you'll be missed <laughs> or or what you did for these members was important or, you know, yeah. you did a great job of building this up and, you know, you've left a lot of people in a better place or something, and it was like, so yeah. I, fuck. <laughs> I'm not that, feel, I don't so feel like feel as bad about moving on. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's you're not allowed to kind of poach clients or anything like that. But when I did move on, I started working for Melbourne Storm doing kind of teaching rugby league and clinics and stuff like that. But I also sort of worked out of the CrossFit gym in Mornington and just started doing some casual stuff. And, and some of those PD t- PT clients followed me they like I was like I can't tell you to come but if you want to come and I got a bunch that came across and I didn't feel bad about it yeah, because they the the people at this gym didn't give a shit so I was like oh well yeah. <laughs> come and train <laughs> fuckers um, yeah I think um, something I wanted to add before we get to the end of this um, I read Uh, so Lachlan Wallace owns um, Gym. we did that episode with him last year Um, but he put up this post that I really loved and it popped into my head before here Um, I think it resonates with this really well um, about sort of looking at what is making you happy and then kind of looking at what you're actually doing in your life so it said something I couldn't find it but it was something along the lines of list all the things in your life that make you happy then list all the things you do each day and week And compare the two. And then just work your way towards making those two lists look the same. So if you're... The things that make you happy, and we we forget about it. The things that make me happy, we're like hanging out with our family and our wife or husband. Going out for dinners. You know, playing games. Doing stuff like that. They don't involve many of the things that we are doing. Which is like sitting in traffic. (laughs) And shit like that. And so, yeah, I really... Love that because, yeah, a lot of people I imagine could do that and I would encourage people to make those two lists and look at it and see, you know, even during this lockdown sort of phase, are you sitting on your phone scrolling while it's sunny outside while your kids sit next to you on their iPad when the both of you could be out in the trampoline or going for a walk or having a kick or are you just sitting there trying to sort of numb it all away? What two things make you happier? Like yesterday broke my 5k rule but Harper and I drove down to Mount Martha to go see my grandma like she's almost 84 and I've not got to see her much the last couple of years and I was like fuck her, I'm going to go see her and we ended up hanging out there for probably three hours went for a dog walk and all sorts of stuff and you know she's pretty damn healthy but you know it's it's very cool that Harper who's seven years old has got a great grandmother who's kicking on very well like I don't remember my great grandparents yeah. so that to me like that was really awesome um, and if you're working every day then you don't see your grandmother and you don't get her to ask her about all sorts of things from her life that are interesting and when I was there yesterday she said to me she's like oh there's a lot of things that I didn't ask my grandmother that I really wish I did ask my grandmother and that would have been so interesting that would have been mm. asking her shit that happened in like the 1910s how cool would that have been yeah. so I'm asking her stuff like she was born you know just before World War II, I'm like, what was it like being a child in the 40s and 50s? That's so interesting. Um, and if you don't, yeah, if you don't do those things, if you're just caught up in the race, then you miss out on a lot of stuff. Yeah,
1: and you see it. Um, it's funny you say that Sam, um, with her brothers and sisters and cousins, actually did a thing with their granddad where they did a uh, basically an interview and found out all those sort of things as well. And he absolutely loved it, and they loved it. Same, exactly same scenario. Um, But, I think you you hear it all the time when people hate their jobs, or they complain about their jobs, and there's something that they're really passionate about. Mm. It's like, whether it's, I don't know, fishing, or sport, or singing, or dancing, or, or whatever, but, even with Sam her art like she's a successful artist now um because she took that chance Mm. and I think if you take that chance with something that you are passionate about and it's another cliche but if you do something you love you never work a day in your life um which <laughs> yeah. you work hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: you do, but it's a struggle, but it's a struggle you're willing to work for. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. The, the stress is a completely different kind of stress. Like it's a stress on yourself. Um, it's your name, it's your brand, all those sort of things. Um, the one thing I didn't mention is I'm not part of a franchise anymore. I'm doing it under my own name, which is even more, you know, independent and fun and and rewarding and all those things. Um but yeah, everyone's got that something that they are passionate about and to be able to do it is, you know, it's, nothing beats it. yeah,
0: nothing beats it. Um, I want to ask you lastly, like, how's it going through COVID times? Cause you're obviously getting shut down on and off, um, which would be frustrating, but how are you guys dealing with it? And you, know, you don't seem like it's bothering you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
1: as a rule, uh, I, Again, it's the the whole worst case scenario, could it be worse? What what's the worst that can happen, and things like that? Um, we have been, you know, it 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 does like work wise. Um, I'm lucky that I'm in an industry that when things do get lifted, I'm not afraid that I'm not going to have the same sort of impact because when things get lifted, parents are going to want their kids to do sport, they're wanting them to do act. To be active and and things like that, so that that'll pick up again, um, and it's make the most of the the time that you do have because I think if you got told, you know, well in advance that these were the dates that you're going to get locked down, you'd almost be looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, not it's more the ins and outs, and you know if you if you got told you're going to work two weeks on and two weeks off. You know, you would yeah. you'd have all sorts of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You you'd you'd be excited, you'd have plans, you'd be doing this, you'd be doing that. Um even if you you know, you can't leave your home or you can only go within five K there's, there's things that you can do. And there's definitely days where you don't do anything and the day's gone in no time, you know. You get up, you do some exercise, you have lunch, then all of a sudden it's three o'clock. <laughs> it's like you know. Um so there there's definitely those, but I think um when you look at what other people are going through it's not and you know things when you do get the lockdown again look it does get to you but um it gets to you know that a lot of other people are doing a lot tougher Mm. um and that sort of helps your power through a little bit Mm.
0: yeah yeah i think yeah i was saying to some people today that yeah, it's, you can't really judge everyone's situation. Everyone's different. The people that are working f- flat out, they're. I feel like they're working so flat out that they don't even get a chance to process anything. And some of them are like, "Fuck, I would love to have a couple week break." Yeah. Like you guys are getting, and we're sitting at home like, "Fuck, like this is actually quite good because I get to do things, get to work in the house or play with the kids or whatever." But I'd also like to feel useful, yeah, and do something. So you know, either way's, um, you know, cops it a bit. And I did see someone who was working, say, like, you know, just because you're working still during this, it is okay to still feel a bit shit, um, which I totally agree with. You can't really yeah. say, we well, nothing's changed. <laughs> I did, I did insane, I did tease Court's sister about that, but um, I was only joking. <laughs> but, yeah, you can't, I think it's just making the most of it at this time, and I think it probably helps you and Sam that with the outlook that you have, if you're so money-focused, the yep. way you'd be perceiving all this would be very different whereas because your family and play and just living life and enjoying it, then it's not as bad. Yeah. And, yeah, I think...
1: <laughs> you probably just nailed it, but yeah. it is. It's, um, like, obviously, you still want money coming in and you're not going... You're not really advancing like you normally would be if you were working. Um, but, you know, when you think back to the Great Depression how hard that would have been compared to what we have to go through now it's nothing yeah no. so and not that I was around for that um, Barry if you were listening you probably were <laughs> but, um, <laughs>
0: yeah fuck um, yeah well we're not having to live on like cow's tongues and livers yeah. and offal you know,
1: and scraping together tomato soup packets uh, you know tomato sauce packets and (laughs) squeezing them into the bottle and things like that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're not having to do that I think the trauma is all relative though it's relative we've had a pretty good (laughs) the last what 70 80 years (laughs) exactly it's probably the best um, 70 or 80 years of humankind's existence ever so when something does hit us we're like oh shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) I thought this was supposed to be easy (laughs) I thought I was supposed to coast through Um, it's not quite the case um, gee, I did have something I was going to say. I think I forgot it now. It's probably going to be something about Barry, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Um, I, I feel, oh, that's what I was going to say about um the Olympics. So the Olympics obviously was on during a lockdown. Um, I've never heard so many people get so excited about the Olympics before. Oh, I wasn't even looking forward to the Olympics. No, really. yeah, I was like, uh oh, whatever. And then as soon as it came on, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, this is the best.
1: <laughs> and even. Like aside from the sports side of it, the human spirit side of it mm. that you see and all those good feel good stories that there's always so many feel good stories that come out of the Olympics. Yeah, and again, stories that put things into perspective, like you know how there's the the refugee team and what they've gone through and and things like that. Yeah, it's
0: like, yeah, it is good. Yeah, I think um, I think what what it was was because there's so much darkness on all the time. You turn on the news and it's always negative and doom and gloom you kind of forget that there's still plenty of good people doing good things. Um, and that was just that highlight of that to be yeah. like, you know, these people are all good people doing good things. Not only did they do it, they all had to find ways to train like differently last year. So yeah. it was a pretty, yeah. And, and even just the way the people of Tokyo like, put, that, put that together, like there's there's a lot of good out there still beside whatever's going on in the news. I can't encourage people to flick it off as often as possible, but um, I guess what Darren's story really tells is like, when you're out, you know, when you stop for a moment and just play with your kids and just get outside, it helps you realise that, you know, it's not all bad. Like, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I can leave it there. That was bang on.
1: All right. I'll, th- I'll just say one yeah. quote that uh, sort of... I always, I know quotes and cliches and all those nah, sort of things. Fine. <laughs>
0: quotes and cliches, quotes, cheesy quote quotes and cliches are good if someone's listening. Yeah. When people don't listen, and then it's just gonna, it will be a cheesy quote or cliche. But if you stop and listen to it, you might, to, it might you might hear the same quote twenty times. But on the twentieth time, you'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, that's amazing.
1: Go for it. Well, <laughs> my favourite, and it, what sort of helps with any of the sort of decisions that I'm always weighing up, whether it's training or doing, you know, the next work thing or whatever, my favourite thing is always in a year's time you would have wished you started today and that's always sort of given me the motivation to make those de- sort of snap decisions. I'm always a do it now, worry about the consequences later yeah. um, and part of it is that that sort of quote that I sort of like to go by as well. I don't know. That
0: was it. Beautiful. Beautiful finish. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the chat. Thank Um, you. Hopefully, I'll see you at the gym soon, but I'll I'll see you soon. Fingers crossed. (laughs) All good. Thank you. Sweet. Thank you very much for listening to the Valar Fitness Nutrition Mind Podcast. My name is Stuart Cunningham. If you enjoyed the episode, Please send us a like, send us a comment, share it with a mate, give us a rating on the iTunes or whatever you're listening to this on. Every little bit of support helps. Looking forward to bringing you some more stuff next week. This is Bella.